0: Hey, what's going on, my money-crazy lunatics? Welcome to another episode of the Wall Street Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Lukemuller. Co-host Brandon Young could not be here today. He has some military service to do right now. But without further ado, look, let's get into what's going on. There were whispers Friday of an unnamed hedge fund who had a margin call from several banks around Wall Street. Come Monday, uh, we saw the impact on markets, right? The, the market was down overall. We were in the red, especially with with um, bank stocks, specifically European bank stocks that were exposed to these trades with now the hedge fund that's being named Archegos. Uh, there were a few European banks that were heavily exposed to these um, derivatives that Archegos opened, Archegos Capital Management, and they basically got um, margin called by these banks. And as a result, you had double-digit um, declines in these bank stocks. So you had Credit Suisse down double digits. You had Nomuro down double digits. So a lot of your international and European bank stocks heavily affected. And you also saw a little bit of uh, this touch. The, um, the big global banks like JP Morgan, Goldman. There's more whispers out there of potential banks that are affected, although it's still coming out now. Not everyone knows the full story, so I'm not going to give too much of my opinion on the specifics of this case, but rather applying it to you guys, right? This concept of margin that we're going to get into, but just to kind of give you a little bit of what was going on, look, the losses are still unnamed. But yesterday positions were liquidated up to as much as thirty billion dollars. So there was a frickin' fire sale. And some of the stocks that were affected, Viacom, Discovery Inc., a couple of these to name a few. So just keep your head, you know, keep your head on a swivel. I think there's some opportunity out there, and I'm gonna get into that later on in the episode. There's definitely an opportunity to pick up some bank stocks, in my opinion. Um, that were exposed to this, but I don't think um, there's as much greediness um, on behalf of the banks as I think it's more of the hedge fund really, really perpetuating um, you know sketchiness, shadiness. I, I think the hedge fund, uh, in particular, Archegos, is at fault. The banks, it's a little bit of a toss up. It's a little bit of a gray area, and we're gonna get into why. But I still think. Right now, I keep I, I keep hearing that some people are trying to bet against the banks, and bet against this 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 bigger theme that's been playing, you know, in the markets. Right, you had hedge funds got their hands caught in the cookie jar with GameStop a few months ago, and now you have this example. So there's a couple of big examples of of us getting pit up against the the institutional dollars. Now, I wanna urge you guys to not think that way. Um, it's easy to to fall into this feedback loop that it's uh, us versus them um, and the whole system is corrupt. Um, although there should probably be better regulations when it comes to these exotic derivatives. Um, overall, I still have uh, great faith in the market, so I wouldn't use this as an example why not to invest in the stock market. If you're going to take anything away from this, I I hope there's two things you take away. Margin is freaking scary. Stay away from it. If you're a retail investor, it's probably a good idea. And also investing in individual companies and stocks can really expose you to these types of risks that you can't ordinarily forecast. So just keep that in mind. These risks, these idiosyncratic risks that I talk about all the time and how it's it's best for you as a retail investor to probably hedge against that risk by broadly diversifying in the global global funds domestic funds you name it just global broad-based index funds or etfs you can really avoid any serious exposure or losses when events like this happen let me kind of give you guys some definitions so you kind of understand what happened as it pertains to margin and and what the hell was going on. And then I'm really gonna dive into the instruments that the hedge fund was using and what do I think about that and the implications going forward. But without further ado, what is margin? Most of you probably know, margin is just, look, money borrowed from a brokerage firm to purchase an investment, right? It's, It's like a loan. And it sounds scary, and it is scary, but there's a lot of good reasons why you would want to use margin, especially if you're an institution. I'm not going to knock it. When I was on the institutional side, there was definitely margin there. Um, And it's a good way to hedge risk, hedge immediate risk, and also take advantage opportunistically. Um, And just being nimble in the market, margin helps with that. Um, but as a retail investor where you're not constrained to the same risk constraints that institutions have, you can kind of more freely do whatever the hell you want. Margin is a bad, bad idea for 99% of investors. I'm going to argue if you're a retail investor, you probably should stay away from it, especially since the interest rate, because that's essentially what margin is, right? It's borrowed money. So you got to pay the man. It's astronomically high. Look, if you if you have an account with an account balance under a quarter million, which I'm I'm assuming most of you guys listening in probably do, if you're around my age, um, the interest rate you're going to pay on these margin loans is is astronomical. It, it's typically seven to eight percent. I was looking; it varies across brokerage firms, but. Um, Broadly speaking, generally speaking, yeah, seven eight percent is what you would expect. Now, if you're in that quarter mil plus mark, yeah, you could get into that six or seven percent range. Specifically for me, I, I tried to see what the requirements were if I wanted to get margin. It was going to be about six point eight seven five percent, which that alone, that is a hard hard loan to pay and cover your nut. If you're just investing solely in index ETFs, especially when you're considering inflation. Uh, So that's a a hard loan to keep up with. You better have real conviction. And and more than that, you better be good at stock picking if you're going to utilize margin in your accounts. Because margin is fantastic on the way up, but it snowballs just the same in the downward direction and can completely wipe your account out and cause you to get margin called just like this hedge fund did. You know, again, look, buying on margin act of borrowing money to buy securities and basically you're buying an asset um, with only a percentage of the assets value and you borrow the rest from the bank or broker Um, and the securities in question act as kind of collateral so you don't actually have to have all the money to buy the securities you want just borrowing money it's as simple as that Um, and then so with margin there's margin requirements right minimum account balances that your broker needs you to have in your account as collateral you know to manage risk maintain their risk profile they're not just gonna allow you to leverage through the moon and have little to no skin in the game no you have to have significant skin in the game um so for example Let's give you an example of margin requirement. Let's say you have a margin requirement of 60% in your account. That means, look, if you wanted to buy $10,000 worth of Tesla stock, you have to have $6,000. You have to have $6,000 in your account and the rest you can borrow from the broker, right? You So you'll borrow 40% of that 10000 So you can effectively... Leverage your account pretty significantly, you know, you can double your buying power and in some places you can either You know either double or triple your buying power. So Great tool on paper Because you're like wow, I can double or triple my gains But it works the same way in the downward direction. You can double or triple your losses So just give you more an example another buying power example just so you guys kind of understand the magnitude and um, how quickly things can go wrong let's say you deposit you know $10,000 in your margin in your margin account and let's say the margin requirement is 50% with that you can buy effectively $20,000 worth of any stock index fund ETF of your choosing, and you only need to have that $10,000 in your account, 50% of the purchase price. However, however, if for whatever reason, the value of those securities go down below that 50% margin maintenance requirement, you have to add additional security or additional cash to meet that requirement. And if not, if not, the broker of choice can force to sell your collateral, your securities to recover and recuperate their losses. Which basically means, look, if, if and typically this happens when there's significant um, loss in a particular security, that way, you know, your margin requirement, you know, your account balance would fall below that requirement. So you'd get a margin call and to make matters worse, Then the broker does this margin call and forces you to sell a stock. Even if you don't want to, you have no choice. That is how a margin call works. You have X amount of time to deposit money, normally a couple of days. And if at that point you still have not met those minimum requirements, they will force to sell and recover whatever losses they can. And so you're forced to sell positions at extremely unfavorable prices. And look, when you're looking at these numbers, when you're looking at margin, when you're looking at your effective buying power, it's exciting, right? You can double or triple your gains. That is, those are big numbers. That can make you very, very wealthy. But there are so many other ways that I have preached on this podcast that can make you wealthy using risk adjusted approaches without gambling. Because, in my opinion, using margin, especially in practice, how it's used today from a retail perspective, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. So, I would stay away from it. And just to give you kind of some statistics that scare the hell out of me and should scare the hell out of you when it comes to retail investing. I've always talked, you know, since I've started this podcast, I, I know I talk about retail investors time in and time out. And I know it's probably, you know, getting tiring at this point hearing it, but I think the behavior of retail investors has completely changed since 2020 with this influx of new money, with the extreme overconfidence um, from groups like Reddit. Facebook groups, Discord chats, you name it. These are some of the guys that are using margin, And I don't think they're using it appropriately. They might think they are. I I think it's going to catch up to them at some point. But to give you some crazy statistics, let me pull them up right here. Yeah, so as of February 21, one year. So from February 20 to February 2021, The rate of margin used in our markets has grown 35%. 35%. There have been articles on this numerous times talking about leverage. And to be honest with you, I kind of pushed those aside. I didn't really think too much about it. But when I see something like this and then I read 35% growth in the use of margin, uh, that is a very, very scary, and startling statistic. You know, I'm going to stop ranting about margin. I, I hope at this point you guys kind of understand the implications of margin. But just to kind of circle it back to the article. So as I talked about, look, they Archeco's Capital Management had a margin call by multiple banks because they opened highly levered derivative positions across multiple banks. And these banks called them, and they defaulted. The exact loss is still, like I said, unknown. But I can tell you, there was a fire sale that approached $30 billion in value. Right, so Archegos had to liquidate astronomical positions to meet these margin calls. And that just blows my mind. The derivative instrument in question is a CFD. A CFD is essentially, it's it's like a naked put in the sense that you have these derivatives, but you don't own the underlying, right? So you place a directional bet on the price of a security without actually owning, buying, or selling the instrument, the underlying instrument, rather. You know, CFDs, it sounds complicated, but it's, it's much like a futures contract, and at the end date or earlier, if you decide to unwind the position, you know the difference is paid to either the the buyer or the seller. The buyer, in this case, being Arkegos, the seller being the banks who were on the other side of this trade. So, for example, let's say the buyer in in this example, the the actual price of the stock was significantly significantly lower than um the agreed upon price and so because of that there were significant losses that archegos not uh, sustained we still don't know the numbers but that just to kind of give you an idea that's what happened some of the some of the stocks in question i don't think they're directly tied to the the shadiness that was going on from the hedge fund's perspective that hasn't come out yet so as you know expected expectedly so we saw viacom and discovery inc kind of rebound today they're up three and a half and nine percent respectively and today look the markets the broader markets rose you know after this news so it appears um that the markets are relatively unscathed it's a little bit of a scare yesterday bank stocks some of those european banks are still down and with that I think you have to understand a bet against banks I think in my opinion are foolish. I've been bullish for banks on banks for some time and if anything I am more bullish because what you saw was banks across the board got lumped into this category. It's kind of lazy reporting and in lazy thought that people are just going to blame every institutional bank and that's what happens and you know what? That's a great opportunity for investors who want to get that active return, get that alpha. Call BS on it. Look at banks; um, they had their valuation slashed yesterday. They all banks across the board were down as a whole. People, we saw outflow of money from from bank stocks, the financial sector. That's fine; that happens, especially on headline news like this. That is so. Um, that is so jaw-dropping and sensationalized to a point um, that you know I think it presents a fantastic opportunity and if you're looking I know some people are probably going to buy puts on banks or go short on banks. I think that's a foolish move. I think it's a foolish move don't uh, don't don't bet against banks they have the tools to sustain these losses. they have the balance sheets they have the know- how to navigate these turbulent times. This isn't new for them. Situations like this, margin calls, failed trades like this happen more frequently than you think, or more frequently that's reported. So just keep that in mind. The one thing I will bring up though is, from the hedge fund's perspective, from what I was reading, typically on these CFDs, you can't have more than 10% of your portfolio exposed to any one of these companies using CFDs. I think they were going around Wall Street and they were going to multiple banks and picking up these contracts. And I heard that their exposure was, was far greater than 10%. So typically, banks wouldn't underwrite these, these derivatives. They wouldn't take the other side of the trade unless they were lied to uh, by the hedge fund, which is highly likely. Probably they, they weren't being fully truthful. They weren't disclosing their actual position sizes to the banks. So that happened. It's also interesting to note that CFDs aren't legal in the U.S. They're, they're traded in the European markets. And so it's a little bit of a gray area. And the actual impact on U.S. markets, I'm sure you guys know, look, all these, a lot of these institutions, they trade globally. So even if there's products banned in the US, banned in a specific country or region, if you want to, you can. There's always a way to get into these trades, utilize these products if you want to. Just to give you an idea on how much leverage is used in these CFDs they 're borrowing ninety percent eighty to ninety percent depending on the volatility of the market and on you know I was reading again let 's give you an example you know if you wanted to get a one million dollar position, you could get it for as little as two hundred thousand dollars in margin so if you had two hundred thousand dollars you could get you could open up a million dollar position in cfds so they 're just extremely volatile naked positions thankfully retail investors don't have access uh, to these types of derivatives thank god but just to give you an idea i think this is this is a perfect perfect parallel that you can draw to what the trend we've been seeing in the retail market this flock to margin this flock to leverage and it's it makes sense to a point because relatively speaking, rates are so low, money's so cheap. I'm a big advocate in borrowing smartly, intelligently. I have no problems with that, especially in real estate. Me investing in real estate, I'm all for uh, using leverage, but you have to use it deliberately and you have to use it intelligently. And I don't think there is anything intelligent about using margin in this context, not right now. There's too much volatility. That's kind of my spiel on that. So let's get into some more kind of current events and what's going on and uh, keep you guys up to speed. Yields took off this morning. They opened five basis points higher to 1.77%. But now they're back down to about flat. They're they're at 1.72%. So... You know they're flat on the day but this still causes concern for tech you know with increasing and uh, rising rates um this puts downward pressure on tech stocks growth plays. so just just going forward i would say if you're investing future money which you should pay it like a liability pay it like a bill follow that future money maybe not necessarily into your etfs or funds that are heavily invested in growth or heavily invested in tech Spread the love, so to speak. Give give value some love. Give total markets a, uh, some love. Give financials some love. I am heavy in the financials now more than ever, especially with what I think was a um, a slash and a general slash on valuations for banks across the board. Where I didn't, where I don't think it's justified. I get the profit there. You know. On that note, look. Wells Fargo, there's whispers, Wells Fargo could have been somewhat connected to the Archegos Capital Management debacle. There's whispers, they're shopping a large block of Viacom. They executed yesterday five block trades estimated at $2.15 billion, And they're trying to sell another $18 million worth of shares at 48 apiece a piece before the market opened today. So we'll see... If that materialized and see where that's at, let me look. Yeah, see, Viacom is still you know at forty-five dollars, forty-five dollars and ninety cents a share. So I'm curious to see if if Wells Fargo was able to fill that fill that order. I I I don't know yet at this point. But keep in mind, Wells Fargo, it's a huge establishment. They're up two percent today. They you know. Clearly, yesterday they uh, they kind of got worked a little bit. They they were down uh, not double digits, quite um, not quite double digits, but they're they're starting to retrace. So that's good to see. Um, again, I don't think banks necessarily on the surface are at fault on this. I think they were just I'm not going to say innocent bystanders, but I think they were uh, collateral and they were caught on the wrong side of a bad trade. It happens all the time. I I don't think um, you should demonize banks necessarily, but I'm going to stop ranting about that. Another uh, bank, Credit Suisse. Now, this one is interesting. I've looked at Credit Suisse. As far as European banks are concerned, I actually was quite bullish on Credit Suisse right now they're reportedly uh, down 3 to 4 billion due to this capital you know Arcagos capital liquidation so we'll see um credit suisse is now up oh actually no they're not up they're down another 3% i'm sorry about that but i still think it's an interesting opportunity um i'm not an expert in european banks i typically like to to stay in the domestic big Banks that I am familiar with, that I know most of you guys are familiar with, B of A, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan, J.P. Morgan, because I love J.P. Morgan. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes on bank stocks. I, I think there's a, there's an interesting opportunity to benefit from. Again, this is not financial advice. Do not sue me. I have a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's enough bank talk. Let's talk about some IT stuff. IT spending is looking pretty strong right now. Um, Evercore did a quarterly surprise spending survey. And we saw 80% of IT companies saying they expect to see spending rise. um, And 14% to be exact. So there's some optimism there. There's some growth. And maybe this will help fuel the recent... um, bearish news that's come out with stack with tech you know as it relates to the, the rising yields and things of that nature. I think there's significant growth and that makes sense. you know when we're talking about the stage of the economic cycle where we're at now, I think if you're positioned with strong balance sheets like IT and uh, tech companies have, I think it makes sense to pull the trigger and I think there's significant growth there in the future. I don't know if it's necessarily going to come in 2021, but I definitely think you're going to see R&D go up, research and development, and I think there's going to be great opportunities there as well. Um, But across the sector, still not entirely convinced tech is the place to go, although you might be able to find a little bit of value there. But again, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. But just to kind of give you guys an idea, that's going on. So, you know, if you're a big tech guru... I'm not saying avoid tech. You just have to be very deliberate and you got to do your due diligence to find value there. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. It's just me kind of talking about what I saw in the news, what I see in the markets and kind of my perspective on it. Brendan and I really want to do a lot more of this. Just kind of talk, talk about the markets, share our passion with you guys and kind of give you guys snippets of what to look for And just give you guys color in the market so you can apply it to your portfolio. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you want me to continue doing this with Brandon. Him and I are going to do one later this evening, actually. We're going to do one on books. Books that I think you and anyone else in your circle should read when it comes to investing. And we're going to go over some quotes that I think really, really hold value and really ring true. When it comes to investing for yourself, investing for your future, and then not just your future, but future generations. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, like I said, make sure you follow, subscribe, make sure you send it to your friends and family. make sure you follow myself and you follow Brandon on Instagram. I'm really active on there. I post two to three times a day. If you want to see me talk shit about um, you know active investors, and all the other funny posts that I that I put on my Instagram. Look, I'm trying to add color. I'm trying not to be boring when it comes to investing. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of people that, that make investing content, I got to be honest, they're kind of dry. So Brandon and I are really trying to amp up the flavor. So I hope you guys stayed tuned through this one. And uh, I look forward to catching you in the next one. Peace. Appreciate you filthy animals tuning in for this episode. As a reminder, make sure you read the podcast description for any links, helpful resources that I have available to you. Make sure you check out the website. Make sure you check out the Facebook and Discord group chats. You name it. And also, please, please, please do not sue me. This is not financial advice. This is just education. Peace.